Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you again for joining us as we go into the Word of God. Today you can reach us by first through email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473. Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And today we're going to continue our studies in the, uh, about talking about confession. And confessions, again, are important to us because it's our ownership. It's us taking ownership of the Word of God and making it ours. So in other words, I speak the Word of God and I apply my faith and my meditation upon it. And the Word of God is powerful but yet is voice activated by me speaking it. And we're going to read some scriptures today of what Jesus has spoken, what uh, David the king, and who was a prophet and a poet and a, uh, and, and a great man of God. And we know David had his failures. He had his uh, uh, missteps. However, he continued all throughout all of his life of speaking God's word wherever he found himself, when he was in sin, when he was being chased by Saul, whatever he did, he, 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 he remembered to look up and remember that God still reigns in the kingdom of men. So today, let's start out in the book of John, uh, St. John, first chapter. And here, John, who uh, was a writer of this book, and as we read it, we'll see him. If you read the entire book of John, and I would recommend it as if you are a first-time Bible reader or just become a, um, just become a believer, that John is a wonderful book. And every book and every word of, the, of, of God is good. But uh, what I'm saying is, if you want to start in the scriptures, start out in the book of John. This is my suggestion, and everybody has their uh, opinion. Uh, but if you start out in the book of St. John, and read from John through Revelation, and just get an understanding about who Christ is. And I believe that Matthew and Luke and Mark, all of them are important. But when you start in John, John paints the picture of Christ as being God. And God in God in flesh, and this is what we're going to pick up today. And again, we're talking about confessions, which is uh, the believer taking God's word, speaking the word of God that has been uh, as it be begins together. He begins to get revelation of it and pronouncing it over himself. So we start out in John first chapter, and we're going to start in John one one and one, and it reads: In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. So as we read, read these first four verses. And we can see that John is talking about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was God manifested in flesh. And what John, uh, as John, what John is doing is he's speaking of Christ in first person, speaking of him about who he was and how he manifested God. He came into the earth. He came into the earth and he showed God's love. He showed God's care for men. He showed God's sacrifice for men. He showed the power of God as he healed the sick, raised the dead, manifested all goodness. And we never read and we never see what Jesus put sickness on men. But what he did was he spoke to them and delivered them from sickness. He delivered them from diseases. He delivered them from darkness. He cast out devils. And this is what he's commanded the New Testament church to do. 
And so what we should do, as Christ said, that we should do the work that he has done. And this work did not die with the apostles. It did not leave the earth with the first uh, century church, but it remains today. And it's dependent upon us in this time, in this hour, for the world we see all manner of things that are happening. And when the Christian can stand out as a light in darkness, and I love to give that, love that example of how in the, in the darkest of darkness, when you're in a place, have you ever been in a country where an old country road where there's no lights and, you're, and by chance you find yourself without a flashlight? And if you just had a match, someone could be, if you could get that match to burn for maybe an hour, uh, 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 a minute or so, you can lead someone to you that could be hundreds of yards away if you could just lift that match up. That light would draw them. And what, what am I saying here? I'm saying that we have a light. You don't have to know a thousand scriptures. You don't have to know and be able to quote uh, chapters of the Bible. But what you do have to have is this, is the salvation loving message of Jesus Christ in your, in your heart. Your own testimony. You, again, you may not have all the greatest uh, uh, words that you can speak, not only that Christ is king, that he lived and died for us and rose again on the third day, but it also is your testimony, the testimony that God has given you, how that he, he has saved you, how he's delivered you, and now you have a new walk in him. What a testimony, especially to those who knew you formerly, who knew you before you became born again. And uh, being born again, as we know, and as, as New Testament believers know, we know that, you know, you don't become perfect on the, in your flesh. In other words, this outside man that you can see, touch, uh, and, and feel, that man is not perfect. But the man on the inside, not the soulless man, your mind, will, and emotion, that's got to be converted by your reading and meditating in the word of God. But the spirit man, that man has been made perfect. He is ready for heaven today. Because scripture says so. He says, any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all have become new. And with that confession that we find in the book of Romans, Romans uh, 10 and 8, where Paul wrote to the Roman church, in which we talked about last week, about how that Paul began to talk to, talk to them and said, the word of God is nigh thee. This is Romans 10 and 8. Even in your mouth and in, in uh, your heart, he said, the word which I have preached to you, he said in the ninth verse that you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. And now he's talking about confession. In other words, what I've heard and what I've digested and believe and, and, and what's manifested in me. And that new man, that inside of me, that new, that new Eric, that new uh, 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 spirit. Now, he now, as I begin to read the word and I began to study the word, he began to change me from the inside out. And then he says in the 10th verse, he says, but with the heart, now my, 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 my will and my emotion, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with what? The mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I speak it every day. I'm, you, you, you're thanking God for Lord, you know, that, that, overflowing over over just this overwhelming love of God comes in because it's not our works I've heard many of the old songs they would sing and say how did, uh, that person they would, would sing and say how they found the Lord and you know how that uh, uh, they, they were converted and all of these things and you know they sung out the knowledge that they have but in reality God wasn't lost he never has been lost 
And what Jesus said was, no man cometh unto father, cometh unto, my, unto me except my father does what? Draw him. So is God drawing us? It's that love that he has, that he's forever reaching out to us. And it was the plan of God before the foundation of the world that God had for man. And if you would read this in the book of Revelation, it talks about how that the Lamb of God, which is Christ, that same word that John talked about in uh, John 1 and 1, how he says, in the beginning was the word. Before God created the world, he had a desire to have relationship with man. And anytime you have a relationship with the person, eventually you got to talk. Now, it can't be like in the old days where, you know, you see somebody and you get a crush on them and, you know, who, you, who is that girl? Oh, I'm looking at her. It's going to be mine. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. But the point of the matter is for a relationship to start, you need to talk. You need to uh, communicate and things develop over that over time. Well, that's the same way we must be with our relationship with God. The father said, if any man, he said, I, my father now stand at the door and knock. He said, if any man, well, if you would put it in my words, if you were inviting him in, in other words, he said, I'll come and sup with you. We'll come and fellowship with you because God wants to build a relationship. And not only that, he comes in the spirit. God, the spirit that you have in you that came with salvation is the spirit of God. It's not a spirit, not, it's not a spirit, but it's the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of every believer. That's why I believe the weakest saint, the saint that just knows, you just know John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If that's the only scripture that you have, you have more power and authority than every devil in hell. There is no, the only thing that, that, uh, that you don't have is knowledge of all the promises, of all the, the, the great things and the marvelous things that the Father has for us. And when we, as we begin to grow in knowledge, we grow in understanding, we grow. How do we do this? By, the, by us reading the word. And then as you read the word, holiness begins to manifest in you. How? Somebody would say, the word of God is it's an inside job, as I said earlier. As you begin to take on the word, you begin to take on understanding, you begin to get revelation, then God will begin to reveal to you as he will do from that point for the rest of your life. God's going to reveal to you of things that, that uh, of wisdom and knowledge and understanding of how to live by grace through faith. That's how we'll say Paul said we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves It's the gift of God. I believe it says over in uh, Philemon, it talks about how that as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. It's talking about that we by faith received him. So by faith, we must walk in him and we continually just continue to walk by faith, trusting in the walk of grace and knowing that, that through the manifestation of grace in us, for grace in you, the, the Jesus in you, Christ in you. The hope of glory will begin to rise up in you. And what Philemon said, I believe in uh, uh, Philemon, sorry, Philemon 1 and 6 says that uh, through the acknowledgement of that good thing in you, when you begin to acknowledge that I have faith in me, as Galatians 5.22 says, uh, the gift of the Spirit, and he talks about how that comes first with love. 
Then a manifestation of joy and peace, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, long-suffering, and such like, you know, all nine of them. But we have to acknowledge or speak of those things that are within us. That speaking is our confession, saying, I may not look like I have love. I may not show love all the time, but it's in me. But it's me manifesting and then allowing, as Paul has said, the word of God to have free course. That's what it means by having free course, that I allow the love to be manifested. I allow forgiveness to be manifested. I allow mercy to be manifested. How do I do it? When I'm offended and I don't feel like forgiving, I don't feel like a person deserved to be forgiven. However, it's not about what they deserve. It's about me giving it to them. It's the same way that God gave to us. None of us deserve forgiveness. No one deserves to be forgiven. No one deserves salvation. No one deserves a reward from God. But what you have is a gift from God. And that's what salvation is. That's what uh, uh, the love of God is, that we receive it by faith. And when we do these things, we see the manifestation of it. And the more I confess about who I am, how I confess that I am the righteousness of God. I am. Yes, you may see me and you may see me. If you stay around me long enough, I'm going to say something you don't like. I'm going to do something you don't like. I'm going to, uh, you know, if you just stay around a person long enough. It doesn't mean that uh, they're not a believer. It doesn't mean that they're not a Christian. It doesn't mean that they're not a, a, a lover of God. It means that they're human. And if I stay around you long enough, I'm going to see some of your faults and errors. But it's not for me to judge you. It means for me to love you. And what does that do? Some will say, well, that's giving people a license to sin. Well, I want to say to you, when has anyone ever gotten a license to sin? When has anyone asked permission to tell a lie? When has anyone asked permission to go out and be uh, unfaithful to husband or wife? When has anyone asked uh, your permission to go out and curse someone out? No. They do it because of what's in them. Well, what I'm saying this morning is that Christ in you will uproot those things which have grown, that anger, that malice, that unforgiveness, that uh, a bitterness. That's what the word of God will do. It will allow you to manifest that I am a loving man. I'm a, I am a loving Christian. I am a good husband. I am a good father. I am because God in me. It's the God in me that makes me better, not me, because, yes, I have to apply the faith. Yes, I have to apply uh, the works and the works is, you know what? Many times uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, what this envy and strife is, that confusion in every evil work. But James says in the book of James, he says, um, if a man fit not, offends not in word, the same with the perfect man. Many times this calls requires for us to just. Close our lips and say within ourselves, that is none of my business. If you don't like a person, what's that to me? I love you and that contention between you and them. If I can help to bring you together, I will. But if you choose not to, that, I, that means I'm not going to take part. I'm not, gonna, uh, I'm not coming to that party. I'm not eating from that plate of bitterness and, and, uh, and strife. I will love you. I'll pray for you. I'll encourage you to come together. But if you reject that, then I say to you that you need to go and, and pray and allow the faith that I believe is in you as a believer to 
come to come to come up in the surface, manifest itself so you can forgive that person who has hurt you, who has offended you. And you might even find out that they don't even know that you offended. That's for someone today. I don't know why I got off on that on that uh, went down that trail. But I want you to know that God loves you and he wants you to manifest. He wants to be manifested in you. That's why he said in the book of Matthew that men would see your good works and glorify the father, which is in heaven. How do we give glory by showing his love, showing his kindness, showing his uh, uh, concern for, for, for the world through good, through, through, through good acts, through good things that we do, how we manifest our love. We manifest it through to the hung, to the uh, hungry, to the homeless, to those who have been, uh, 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 beaten up by the world. How we pray for those who are sick, visit those who are in jail. Maybe you can't go. Maybe you just someone. Maybe you got to send people. Maybe you are someone who can pray. And I'm talking about going out as uh, evangelists and missionaries. But all of us have a circle of friends, have a circle of a, have a relationship that we can show Christ. We can witness to him. We can show them love. We can manifest Christ. We can manifest mercy. Every day, in one way or another, you're going to get an opportunity to show God's love. Maybe it's to that person that cut you off in traffic. Maybe it's to that, uh, that person that's serving you that has a bad attitude. You don't know why that person is uh, offended or is uh, uh, having a bad day or they're, 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 they're short with you. You don't know why your boss is, is, is seem like they're, uh, that used to be a character in the movies called Sybil that had multiple personalities. One day they're, they're happy and joyful. The next day they're angry. The next day they're sorrowful. The next day they're remorseful. The next day you're just cycled. You don't know who you're going to face. But you don't know what that person is going through. And we have an opportunity to just be a friend. Just be a listening ear. Just be someone to say, you know what? I'm praying for you. I don't know what's going on, but I just see uh, uh, some things, look, some, something going on. Uh, can I pray for you? Is something I can pray for, pray with you about? That's the love of God. That's the love of God. That That's the opportunity that we have and how we can manifest Christ, manifest that gift that's within you. Then when that person can say to you, that stuff going on. I don't know what's wrong with my son. I don't know what's wrong with my daughter. They're freaking out on me. I'm trying to be the best parent. I'm trying to be the best husband or wife or whatever the case may be. No, you don't take on the problem and try to solve it for them. But you pray for them and say, look, let, let's pray about it and see what the Lord will say. And just trust God that, that, that he's going to direct you. And not only that, but he'll be a protector for that daughter or that son or that grandson or granddaughter. Or in, for you in this situation and give you direction. For that's what the world is, is, is facing today. There's so much anger. There's so much fear. There's so much uh, uncertainty because they don't believe in God. They don't believe in, in, in uh, uh, they weren't taught the word of God. If they were, they somehow lost their way. They need to see the word of God in action. And how do they see it? By Christians, by believers, taking hold of the word of God and just simply showing love. Not preaching a sermon, not uh, a condemn, not in condemnation, 
It does not mean that you agree with the, the wrong things that they're doing or the wrong relationships that they're in, but love them enough to say, you know, I see what's going on with you. I'm going to, I'm praying for you because God's got something better. You don't have to settle for being the, 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 the side girl. There's a word that they use, you know, they, they, they call it the side piece. You ain't got to be that, 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 uh, that, that, that hookup that they call when they really feel like it. Then they throw you little chains when, and when they leave. You don't have to be that man that just, you know, you got to be the sugar daddy so you can have love. You don't have to be that person. You don't have to be, have that turnstile where you're in jail today. You're in jail. You're out for a few months. You're back in jail. You're in for a couple of years. You, you out. God's got a life for you. He's got a destiny for you. God never made a piece of junk yet, and he will not. But the enemy has blinded the, the minds of many, and they think that this is all I'll ever have. They think this, this is all that I'm, I'm worthy of, because this is what they saw their mother go through. They saw their father go through. Uh, uh, many women have children all over the neighborhood and in the city. They see, you know, everybody had to run that game. You know that game on the street where they're hustling. You know, uh, uh, I'm going to get you before you get me. And instead of saying do unto others as, they, as God would have you do unto them, as you would have them rather do unto you, they say, I'm going to do it to you before you do it to me. That's not the, the, uh, uh, the brotherly love or sisterly love that God asks us to have. But I want to speak today about us confessing God's word over ourselves. So that when we go out to meet the world, we will walk out in faith. We will walk out as the children of the Most High. So let's get to it now. This is in the book of Psalms. There's so much more I want to say, but I want to get to this because I want this to be the meat of what we'll talk about for the remainder of this session. And in the book of Psalms 23, Psalms 23, we're going to start reading at the first verse. And this talks about, again, about taking what we know about God. And what we know about God, David didn't. David is the writer of this. David not only was a king, he also was a prophet. And he's, here he's talking about, and he's speaking of not only of the shepherd that he was. David was a shepherd before he became king. So he knew what a shepherd could do and would do and should do. So let's read Psalms, 120, Psalms uh, 23. And it reads, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You're seeing how David is personalizing who his relationship with God. He's personalizing that God is my provider. Therefore, what? I shall not want. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He could, you, we could, you could confess, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lie down in prosperity because that's what a green pasture is to the sheep. It's a place where they can be fed. They can be nurtured. They have a soft place to lie, lay down. They can, uh, uh, whenever uh, uh, they're in need, there's all they could ever have. Green pasture represent abundance. Those sheep, will, that shepherd leads them to a place of abundance. And this is what God has for us. Salvation is more, it's not about the do-nots. 
Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go here. Don't go there. You can't go there. You can't have this. You can't have that. That, that do, The do not church is not going to get it. We must have and must preach the whole gospel about what Christ has provided for us. And as I say often, when you look up the word salvation, which is the root of that is sozo, it means not only salvation, Principally, it means salvation, which is the most important. It's the salvation of the soul. For Jesus said, what if a man gained the whole world and loses his soul? You can, get, you can have all the cars, all the houses, and much land that you could buy. You get your 24 jets, and uh, 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 you can have a pair of shoes for every day of the year. You can have a change of clothes for, uh, for every month, every, every, every month uh, in the year, or every week in the year, or every day of the year. You can not wear the same thing twice. But what does that get you if we, if when they put you six feet under, you don't have Christ? But what David's saying here, as we begin to read this 23rd Psalm, it talks about Christ being a provider and, and he, and David personalizes it. I'm just going to read more now as I, than I speak, because I want you to hear what they, how David personalizes this. And I'm going to put much of this into my words. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord provides for me in green and by leading me in the green pastures. He leads me in the place of peace, which is the still waters. He restores my soul and my soul has rest, has uh, uh, my soul is restored and built up daily. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. God gets glory out of my prosperity. That's what Psalms 34 talks about how that uh, God takes parity takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He says, fourth verse, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. A shepherd has, uh, most of the shepherds we see in drawings and in pictures, it has the hook on one end and, and the pointed end on another. The rod, I believe, talks about how that when the, shepherd, when the sheep is going astray, that servant can poke them and say, oh, no, come back this way. Or the hook in that where maybe that sheep is going toward the waters and into the rushing waters or into a place where it's unsafe. The hook will allow the shepherd to pull him uh, pull that, him or her back so that they will be in a place of safety. Then it goes on to say in the fifth verse that thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies because God is your shepherd. He's my shepherd in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of, of, of deception, in the middle of crushing what looks like a crushing defeat. God, and it looks like defeat is all around you. Lack is all around you. Loss is all around you. It says that God provides a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When they think you're going to fall, David, David begins to confess, God's my shepherd. And in the presence of my enemies, he prepares the table. He says, you anoint my head with oil. He said, my cup runneth over. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to be blessed. God's going to reward me. I'm going to eat in the, right in the presence of my enemies. They're going to see the prosperity of God on my life. And the last verse says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why can't you take on and begin to put, uh, uh, quote this scripture over your life each and every day, speaking that God is 
that God is my shepherd, I shall not want. God is my shepherd, and I shall, uh, verse number two, I shall dwell in uh, safety and in prosperity. God is my shepherd, and he restores my soul. God is my shepherd, and though death is around me, and the shadows of death uh, uh, st may stand over me, I will not fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. God prepares the table before me. Before me. Not for David, for me. And he anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. I have more than enough. See, when your cup runs over, you got more than enough. You have extra. And that's what the father told Abraham. He said, I'm going to cause you, I'm going to bless you rather, and cause you to be a blessing. Enough and extra. That's what blessing God has for the church. And this is what he wants us to be in the last day. He wants us to be not only a, a, a house that's blessed, but a storehouse. See, when you're a storehouse, you have enough and extra. You got enough for everybody. You got enough to help the poor. You got enough to help the single, the widowed. You got enough to help the orphan because you are blessed and you are a storehouse. That's what God wants the church to signify and to be a beacon, a light in darkness. So whereas the world is falling apart, they can look to the hills which cometh their help and say, you know what? There's a help in the church. Rather than them saying the church, saying the church is non-essential, they all say, I, I, we can, we can, uh, this neighborhood wouldn't survive if it wasn't for the, the loving people in the church being a beacon of light for us. And finally, it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And David said, I will dwell. And what you and I can say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And somebody may say, well, you know, preacher, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, I don't. But I trust by faith that I will be here trusting God, living for him, that he will satisfy me with long life and length of days. And at the end of my life, I will be able to say, surely I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Yes, we all will have troubles. We all will have temptations and trials, but we have a God that can deliver us and shall deliver us out of each and every one of them. I hope you got something out of this message today, and I pray that you will begin to confess the word of God over your life. Confess the goodness of God. Confess the love of God, because he desires to be God in you so you can be God in the earth. And what I mean by that, that we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his eyes, and we are the ones that others will look to and say, surely God was with us and we did not know it. Because this man, this woman, this young man, this young woman showed us who Christ really is. I believe I want the God that they have. See, it's, another, it's, another, it's one thing to speak of it. It's another thing to show. That's what Jesus did. Jesus showed that he was Savior. He did works that nobody else could do. Yes, Elijah raised a man from the dead. Elisha raised a man from the dead. Jesus raised several. Elijah fed a woman for a year. 
Jesus fed 5,000 plus women and children. It was most, most likely 10 to 15,000 people. Jesus fed them from one, uh, one fish and five loaves of bread. And then he turned around and did it again. He fed 7,000 men plus women and children, which could have been from, again, from 10 to 15,000 people. He fed them, showing a greater than Elijah is here, a greater than Moses is here, a greater than Solomon is here. Because he had the wisdom that when they asked him questions, at a 12-year-old, though he, was a, he, he grew in, in, in wisdom and favor with men, yet he was God at birth. Somebody said, how do you know that, brother? The angels declared. He told the shepherds to go and see uh, uh, Christ the Lord. He's born among you. The king is born. Jesus was king at birth. But he humbled himself, the Bible says. He humbled himself. As a man, he lived so that now we can exemplify God and show Christ in the earth. And they would, and men will look at us and say, there goes a woman of God, a man of God, who will, who truly lived the life. And we see the signs and wonders in their lives as we saw in Christ. And give God glory for what he has done through you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for those who hear this message today. I pray, God, for any that's not saved, and they would just pray the simple prayer, Father, I present my life to you. You know the things that I have done. Yet you came and you died for me. And I accept the gift of your life and your blood which you shed. I thank you, Jesus, you've forgiven me of my sins. Take them, Lord God, and I'm willing, oh God, to be used by you in these last days, Lord. Thank you for receiving me into the family of God. And I bless you, O oh Lord, and receive the word as I am taught it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I pray that you would find a God and, and a God preaching and believing church, a church that uh, preaches the word. And not only that, but shows it in the neighborhood and teaches its members about who Christ is. I pray again till we meet again in Journeys in Grace that you'll be blessed for this week, that you will allow Christ to be seen in you. In his name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.